0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life Podcast. I have the extreme honor of chatting all things faith and faculty with the one and only Mike Hopkins. Mike is an amazing husband of 26 years to Kristen. They have six going on seven amazing children. He's an entrepreneur in many ways, and he's currently the chief operating officer for Paul Davis Restoration, which is a an excellent organization that you'll learn a lot more about here within this conversation. Beyond that, I think the thing that is really amazing is that Mike is living out his calling, which is to magnify God, to be faithful and be a part of making him known. And that is at the core of who he is and he talks about how he lives out that calling throughout his current role uh, in in his current role as Chief Operating Officer. And there's so many takeaways within this conversation as we are pursuing excellence and trying to incorporate our faith into our work. This is without a doubt, one of the most fruitful conversations we've had about how to do that. Um, Mike's real, he's honest, and he has real examples of what it actually looks like to achieve excellence within our faith and within our faculty. And just on a personal level, um, as part of his story, he was with CBMC for a couple years shepherding that amazing organization through Northeast Ohio. And it was at that time where I personally was the recipient of being able to be part of the Leadership Prayer Breakfast and followed up with, gentleman who, you know, met with me for a couple of years and we went one-on-one through Operation Timothy. And if it wasn't for Mike living out that calling, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. We wouldn't be, at least I wouldn't be the host. And I just think it's awesome that um, Mike being honest to his calling is has led to uh, what ISI is and, you know, just all the glory that goes along with that. It's so amazing. So without further ado, um, here's the conversation. All right, Mike Hopkins. I am super excited and thankful to be with you today. Thanks for making time to be on the podcast today. You bet. Glad to be here with you, Nick. I was totally bummed that I missed our last ISI retreat where you spoke. And I just know it was a very powerful session. And, you know, just for me personally, when you were at the helm of CBMC, it was a very impactful time in my life. So I just want to just thank you for, you know, carrying the torch during that period of your life. Because, it you know, when I was in that season of post-college, it it was very impactful for me in my life. So I just wanted to thank you. I don't know if you knew that, but wanted to just start off by letting you know that. I didn't. Um, thank
1: you. It's a, it means a lot. You know, It's kind of neat when you're in those situations, standing on the shoulders of giants a bit, right? So uh, a, lot of, a lot of great men came before and uh, discipled
0: and mentored me along and uh, glad to be a little part of it in your life, too. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Well, why don't you give us a little bit of a background on on you and kind of who you are, your family, and give us a little glimpse of Mike Hopkins for those of us that don't know you. <laughs> sure, you bet.
1: Yeah, we live in Brooklyn Heights. Uh, I've got a great wife who those who know her will attest to that of 26 years, almost 27. Uh, we have six soon-to-be-seven wonderful children. Uh, will, our oldest son, is married to Mackenzie, and they've got a grandbaby on the way, by the way. We're really excited about that. Um, Jack is getting married in June to Emma, and that is that's our addition, by the way, from five kiddos to seven, is these wow. two great ladies through two great ladies through marriage to our kids. Uh, and then Luke is a student at Baldwin Wallace. Mike, a uh, junior, is a senior in high school, uh, just graduating this year. And then Mariama is our our pleasure of a seventh grader. Um, you know, a little little background on on me. I grew up in a pre-Christian home, uh, parents who loved each other a lot, a dad who really. Yeah, he showed me how to work hard and care for other people, um, especially those he was around every day. Um, my mom was with home with us most of uh, most of my years in school, but then later went back to school to become an educational psychologist. And they were known really in in, in their community, still are, um, for being people who have a heart for others and, and really are passionate about their vocations as well. A um, little bit of my life story, as far as you know me goes, I became really a hard charging kid who loved to work um did anything i could to find any ad- adrenaline rush that was available to me and um uh, eventually that led to a season of really quite frankly too much drug and alcohol use uh as a kid which shouldn't have been any um and uh some friends came along who loved me really well and they introduced me to this life-changing message of Jesus that was uh really became clear to me over over some time and i received the gift of asking Jesus to be the leader and forgiver of my life in 1987 um It was neat too, because in high school, that's also where I met Kristen, uh, my wife, who also came to a new life in Christ in high school. So, you know, both of us, you know, are are what I would call first generation believers in that sense. um, And we're really grateful for that season. And then professionally, you know, through college, I ran a a business with nearly 30 employees and just had a blast with that. Um, Did that through an organization called College Pro Painters and just learned a ton um, went on, worked for them vocationally for a period of time because they wanted to grow in skills, but then, uh, went on to, to own multiple franchises. My wife and I, and another network called Certipro pro painters, which is all part of the same, uh, company or, or group of brands called first service brands. I'm still mm-hmm. involved with today, mm-hmm. but anyway, running these businesses was great because we, we learned a lot. There was, there's mostly wins and plenty of struggles, um, and during that season, though, I, I've, I've got to tell you, I, I, I didn't really learn how to use the business as a platform for ministry until uh, I would say that my journey was wonderfully interrupted. Um, you know, most interruptions seem like they're not uh, wonderful, but this was a wonderful interruption that God ordained by a friend of mine at just the right time with just the right questions. It really helped me align my life priorities. Um, and I, I really learned the joy of being a Christian who happened to be a business leader versus a business leader who happened to be a Christian. Mm. And so that was a big turning point in my life. Um, and if Tony C. Peel is listening, shout out to Tony. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, big influence in my life. But, you know, during that season too, around in 2001, our, our young family and 15 other folks were part of planning a church on the north side of Garfield Heights, which really was a mass unit in a very challenging season. Um, in that community uh, that, that was changing very rapidly to a very urbanized area, and we loved our time there. We had mm-hmm. so much fun, so yeah. much fun. So I was, I was ordained as a pastor in 2009, worked on that for a few years, uh, getting to that point, and um, with all the work we were doing at in the church context in the community, um, it became very clear I just couldn't run the business and do the the vocational ministry there at The Rock, and so we sold our businesses in 2010 and then moved into Garfield Heights and really had a blast. That was the most fun uh, incarnational ministry we've ever had
0: living in the community. Wow. Um, and Mike, how, uh, kids at that age, that was. Yeah. Like, so
1: that was 2010. Okay. So our oldest will would have been 14. Okay. Uh, so I think it would, so it would have been 14, 14 12, 10 and eight. I believe yeah, our kids' ages were, when all
0: this is going yeah, on. There's a lot going yeah, on. Yeah.
1: All, all the, all the boys. Yeah. All the boys <laughs> were, were there. And, and will as, as a side note, um, I remember driving around Christian and I had both really felt led to, to move into the community. We were living in on five and a half acres in the woods in a house we had built. And, um, and we really felt led that we needed to move into the community and we were, we were praying and for the, the community and driving around the neighborhood with the kids in the minivan. And, and we we felt that it was time to tell the kids that we were we really we were gonna move up here and we said, Hey, we, we're uh we're really feeling God telling us to, to move to the area and Will, the ringleader of the of the tribe, says, Well, of course and we said, Well what I said, help me unpack that. He goes he says in a very light lightheartedly way, he goes, Well, I've never heard of anyone being a, a missionary to Africa that didn't live in Africa. <laughs> so that was that was pretty awesome to to um Man you know to have you know a kiddo that was that on board, and that's how it was with our family the entire time there. We had so much fun in the community um, there, so that was uh, a that awesome. was neat, yeah. But then that 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 was interesting too because that's also where we we were introduced to, to Sierra Leone, West Africa, um, and so uh, we got involved. Will and Jack and I went to Sierra Leone uh, to support an organization that had just started a children's home and needed some help there. Uh, with their staff, um, working with them on uh, really communication effective meetings, good, you know, how to work through conflict. And they also did some pastoral training of some pastors from the local communities as well. But we also, it was really cool, uh, got to meet our daughter Mariama um, mm-hmm. there for the first time. She was five then, and she came home to be with us when she was 10, wow. um, as, as our, you know,
0: to her forever family here. So we're we 're really, really, really grateful for that amazing uh, mix of experiences there really it 's amazing how they all kind of stacked on top of each other, one thing after another, one thing was preparation for the next, and you know really into your, what you 're doing now that's that 's really true actually, Chris and I talk about that a lot that we really believe that all
1: the experiences that we 've had led up to this unique opportunity that I have vocationally to to shepherd the Paul Davis Restoration Network as a chief operating officer. So it's every every bit of every bit of life experience that we've had and, and most importantly our foundation in Christ, you know, allows us to have um a, a lot of fun and really live out a clear calling um on, on my own I can live out my calling in my life and also I know that I'm I'm living out in a in a a place that I love doing it at and working with people I love working with.
0: Well, that's a great um, kind of segue into what I'm excited to chat with you about is talking about calling something that we, I think you mentioned, you know, a Christian who's a businessman versus a businessman who happens to be a Christian. I think that's that's part of it. And, you know, at ISI, where we're trying to integrate our faith and be excellent in our, in those other areas, in our work, you know, in our relationships and our, with our money or with our fitness and, you know, talking about calling is something I think is a very interesting topic and I'm excited for you to, you know, talk a little bit about it but how can how can we really understand like what that calling was how you know for you how did you understand what that calling or your purpose as you might call it was and yeah, how do sure. how do how can we distinguish it and maybe apply that Yeah
1: yeah you bet so it's, it's interesting I I've worked with youth ever since uh, I became a believer um right away in college did that and I, so many young people um when they're asked what they're going to be when they grow up and I just shake my head. It bothered me then and it, bo- it bothers me now, right? Well, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a business person. I'm going to be a nurse. I'm going to be a, you know, what have you, right? Pick, pick, I'm going to be a lawyer, pick it. Um, and I just got to tell you, Nick, your vocation is absolutely not your calling. Your calling or purpose has to be and is greater than your vocation because, it, well, don't get me wrong. Your calling should be lived out in your vocation, but your vocation is not your calling your calling has to be bigger than your vocation. I mean, any vocation, Mm -hmm. right? I I say that actually to, to anyone who would listen, Uh, whether you're a pastor, but you know, whether in vocational ministry or you are, you know, uh, sweeping streets or whatever that you do for work, um, your, your vocation is, is not nearly so important as your calling. Yeah. And, and so when you think of that being bigger than your daily work, Right. Um, I really think about how, yes, we, you know, in order in order for that to be true, in order for our our calling or our vision to really be what we're about our why, if you if you get, you know, want to put it that way. We have to be excellent at our craft. Right. So whatever it is that we're vocationally responsible for in our role, we have it has to be obvious to others and to God, obviously, that the quality of our work and our work relationships are built on a foundation of a living and loving God. Because we're building a legacy, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I would just say, you know, for me, people would say, okay, Michael, what does that mean? So for me, my vision is very, very clear to me. My vision is that I magnify God, I'm faithful and I'm part of making him known. And it's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Now I I do that. And I I love the CBMC uh, catchphrase that says uh, meeting business people right where they are to help them become who God designed them to be, because that to me would be my mission. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, but but my vision a uh, vision or calling is bigger than all of those things. It's to magnify God to be faithful and be part of making him known.
0: man Um so
1: that's that's how it's summarized for me a little bit of a little bit of piece
0: and we can dig into it if you like on oh. on vision. Please, yeah. Um, you know, magnify God, be faithful and be part of making him known. And mm-hmm. so is that when you say that, is that something you have as you're like written down or framed somewhere, or it's something that's just ingrained in who you are, and someone said You know what's your purpose mike that's what you would immediately yeah
1: yeah, anyone who asks that's how i would answer it's written in my journal probably every second or third day that i journal um just as a reminder Mm -hmm. because every everything that i do in my life filters through that Mm. those are my that's my that's my filter um and so when you think about and 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 look anybody could you could insert your own word here right um for me i use the word magnify very intentionally Uh, Because I want to make it very clear to myself and anyone who will listen on this that I don't want to add anything and I can't add anything to the life and work of Jesus. All I want to do is magnify him. I don't use the word honor because that feels like I'm doing something that could be perceived as I'm actually doing something to um, make God look good. All I want to do is magnify him. He's the one I want to I want to highlight. And so that's that's why that's why I use the word magnify.
0: That's really good. and then. I mean, how, where does that start with you? You know, how do you, how do you magnify that? Where does that begin with you?
1: Yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's a twofold thing. Uh, first, it, it starts with intimacy with God. So it really is a matter of the heart, soul, mind, and, and, and strength and, you know, all of us, right? It's an intentional mm-hmm. effort. So I think about, you know, in Mark 20, uh, sorry, 1230, uh, we're reminded to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, and with all of our strength. And then secondarily, I would say it takes sacrifice. You know, we need to spend time with the Lord. Um, That might mean giving up some sleep uh, or whatever that is for us. Um, You know, He said, "Whoever wants to be My disciple must must deny themselves and take up their cross daily to follow Me." So, whoever wants to lose their life will save their life; will lose it. And whoever wants to lose their life for Me will save it. And that's found in Luke uh, chapter nine. And um, so that's a big deal. You know, we have to deny ourselves and and take up our cross daily.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. I I love that. I love how clear and and organized and, and simple this is for you to not only remember, but to, you know, be able to apply that to situations, you know, day in, day out.
1: You know, it's 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 funny. I I like things to be simple because then they are easy for me to remember and execute on as well, right? <laughs> um, I, yeah, it 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 could be that it could be that maybe I just uh, would not be quite bright enough to have a lot of complex
0: things here. But I like to keep it uh, simple until <laughs> I do it. I don't think yeah. that's the case. I just think it's you know, in a in, in in a world where there's just lots lots going on and lots of responsibilities, you know, to, in order to keep our keep ourselves focused and on the most important things, it's, you know, it's helpful. So I, I love that. Sure. And I, I appreciate that. Sure. So that's, sure. that's part one, second part, um, walk us through that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, part one is, is to magnify God. And the second one is to be faithful. Um, you know, I, I look at over and over again, what is it that we want to hear in the day of judgment? Um, you know, when, when you think of Matthew 25, really describes it well, where, uh, the master replies there, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been Mm -hmm. faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. And so you take that and then you, then you, then, so that's one key verse for me. That's very important, right? Is that I want to be, I want to be found as a faithful servant. And then it goes on to one of my favorite verses in scripture, um, where it says that uh, now as you, as you regard us as faithful servants of Christ, to those who are entrusted with the mysteries of God. It goes on to say, now is required that those who have been given a trust must prove faithful. Mm. And so it's so Voltaire is actually the originator of Uncle Ben's statement to Peter Parker, Spider-Man, that when he says, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> um but but I really believe that the that that first Corinthians four two is actually the the biblic, real biblical foundation for uh Spider Man's you know verse that people talk about so much. Um, you know, we think about the idea of being, you know, it is required to those who have been given a trust that we must prove faithful. And so for me, those faithful moments are are, are very important. Or um, where, yeah. where I just, you know, sometimes I think there are times where we, we just we have to be faithful in the moment and there's there's no other thing that we know how to do. And that's where God really shows up so
0: strongly. Yeah. And you have. I'm sure lots of stories and examples of times when you were, you know, tested and, you know, wanting to be, you know, proving that you were faithful with, you know, that, that you were entrusted with and, um, you know, any, you know, particular stories or ones that really stand out to you from your experience? Boy, I could, I could share story
1: after story, (laughs) story after story on, on struggles that, uh, that really have required me to just be faithful in the moment. Um, You know, since we're talking about faculty uh, in this particular episode, I'd um, will i I'll go to a business one where I, I think about, uh, you know, September 11th, 2001 was such a hard season for so many um, where, you know, we had uh, a, a strong business going at the time. You know, we were we were supposed to do four hundred thousand dollars in revenue that month. We did 80 and it really didn't come back. And um, over a period of time, thinking that it would um, over the next coming couple of years. Um, it re- really began to be a struggle. Um and, and by by all accounts it got to the point where um even attorneys were telling us, hey, it it may be it may be time uh to close up shop here and, and really didn't want to damage Jesus's reputation in the marketplace. So we really prayed hard about God, what what do you want um from us here? And so um as we as Kristen and I, my wife and I prayed, we realized that really the things in the business uh, that were a struggle were also the things that could create a uh, victory in the end. And so, um, it, it was time, uh, God really put it on our heart to really be faithful with hard and wise choices, ones that would magnify Jesus and not damage his reputation.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I,
1: I remember, I remember being in a position where, and just to give you a little, a little bit of that, we had gone from a business with, with zero debt and plenty of cash to lots of debt and no cash. and um, I remember there, there was a there was a point in time um, driving home from the office. And I remember just weeping and crying out to God and really wasn't a wasn't a very, very flattering scene, punching the steering wheel in the pickup truck. And it got to the point where I literally pulled over because it got to be uh, unsafe. Oh you know, I, I, I had been following Jesus. Um, I had been doing all the things, doing some doing things that I needed to do, I thought. And uh, and I was reminded of an illustration that I read once um, that God really put on my heart about the silversmith who uses a tremendous amount of heat on the silver. And, and what happens there is it boils, the chaff comes to the top and he, mm. he, 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 or she just sloughs off the chaff from the top. And the, the silversmith knows that the silver is pure when he can see his reflection in it. And, it. and it was, it was one of those deals where basically God said, look, I'll turn down the heat when, when I think it's time to turn down yeah. the heat. Oh, and, gosh. uh, and, it, and it, it was like, oh, that's not what I wanted to hear, but it was clear, right? It was <laughs> clear that. to me. Yeah.
0: yeah, you knew this was intentional. This was not just random. This was, you know, I yep. Felt like you needed to go through this crucible.
1: Oh, absolutely. And nobody loves the moment, but there's a lot of learning that happens. And I knew at that point it was just time to be faithful. And mm-hmm. so um, do the next right thing is, to me is, is really what faithfulness often looks like, obviously, in a, in a gospel-centric way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to me, you know, doing the next right thing. It's just me, and I'm going to be faithful in the moment. And so I had at that point, you know, I, I needed to get, uh, Kristen and I needed to get aligned with our leadership team. And on a really cold February day, much like our February was, uh, this year, uh, I got, I had everybody actually come to our house because we had a three, five, eight, and 11 year olds, uh, at the house. And, um, there was, there wasn't any, it wasn't an easy way for Kristen to, uh, bring these guys to the office and sure she sure wanted to be a part of this, which was a real blessing. And I'll share that in a minute. Mm. But, um, so sat everybody down, uh, you know, in our, in our kitchen and just said, Hey, you know, I can, I can make payroll. Um, I can make payroll this, this, uh, this season, but, but uh, this week, but in a couple of weeks, I don't know that I can. And, um, I just want to let you know, um, that's where we're at and everybody wanted to be a part of the solution. And one of the neatest things uh, in that um was kristen's response you know she she could have been um you know really angry and difficult through this time and and she really made the conscious effort um to to say hey, how can I be part of the solution um because I certainly can be part of the problem but i I don't want to be part of the solution and and she was a huge part of that, and I'm really grateful for that eternally. you know she packed lunch and dinner uh probably six days a week for about a year wow. and uh and in the end, the story worked out to be amazing. The business when it was sold uh, had been profitable at levels we had never seen for over five years and uh, had nearly no debt and so it ended up it ended up being a great example of of just really I needed to be faithful I needed to um, do what I needed to do responsibly, do the next right thing uh, in light of the gospel and just trust the results to him. So even if it had gone a different way, and the, the story might not be as fun, but it certainly would have been as much learning. Sure. Um, but uh, boy, what a, what a season there of testing for us that really allowed us to see that, boy, I need, I need to be faithful in the moment and, and leave the results
0: to God. And mm, just have total trust. That mm-hmm. You're here for a reason. Wow, what a yep. great story! Yeah, that had been something. Sitting those key people down in your house and just laying it out there for them, and just being honest and being transparent.
1: Well, it was it was a humbling moment, but it also opened up a lot of doors for some really neat conversation. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I, I had to have hard conversations with vendors. Got everybody paid right, but I needed mm-hmm. some time. And um, the Lord just did an amazing work there. Um, it was a time where you really. Uh, lay it at his feet and go, we'll put the effort in, um, that needs to be put in responsibly Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and see what he does. And he, he really used it to open up a lot of, a lot of doors, particularly Mm -hmm. to, to be able to share the gospel and the good news of Jesus with a lot of friends.
0: Yeah. Well, and that kind of goes into your next part of, you know, the, like the, the third part of your, your vision or calling is, you know, making him known, you know, these sounds like these, that meeting in particular, and maybe many others led to, you being able to live out your calling of making him known, right?
1: Oh my goodness. Yes. I mean, it, I can, I can think that, you know, three people come to mind very, very quickly um, there that I, that that opened doors up to share the gospel with. And I, I guess I'll talk about those in a few minutes and stick to what the, the idea here is, you know, being a part of making him known, you know, we, so many folks have, they've been, been around for any length of time, you know, are very familiar with second Corinthians five seventeen to 20, that, Says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, the old is gone and the new has come. And but it goes on to say that all this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. You know, that he he, God's reconciling the world to himself and not counting people's sins against them. What I like about the, the next part here is it goes on to say that he has committed to us this message of reconciliation and we're therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. And so when I think of this idea of being an ambassador for Christ, that's basically the trust that we talked about earlier. Yeah. And, you know, when, when we look at, when, when we look at first Corinthians four, two, that's, that's what is, this is this kind of trust, this message, mm-hmm. this mystery that we get to be responsible with. And it it really is an opportunity for us to live every day with it, as what I would call rebels for the cause of love. Mm-hmm. And, um, But it's a unique ambassador. I was was poking around one time and I found a great definition of ambassador where it says that a definition of ambassador, this is from Merriam-Webster, by the way, Um, it says an ambassador is a diplomatic agent of highest rank accredited to a foreign government or sovereign as the resident representative or his or her own government or sovereign or appointed for a special and often temporary diplomatic assignment.
0: <laughs> highest rank
1: yeah, yeah, I mean, none of us automatically would give ourselves a highest rank <laughs> right yeah. um, but isn't it true so we've got we've been given this highest rank from God of the universe to be his messengers to the world for this special and often temporary diplomatic assignment right yeah. for so for this season, while we are on this earth, um we're plan a yeah right we're we're chosen as his ambassadors, you, me any believer. And, uh, and and man do I love that. And I also it's pretty intimidating, you know. You think about we know ourselves, right? So the idea that God would use us to be plan A to share the gospel with the world is uh, pretty intimidating, but it's got to be done it's got to be done well in our work day as well. Yeah.
0: And and what is a um, it is it's part intimidating and it's part encouraging too to know that, you know, that we have this um yeah, you know, this opportunity that, that, we, that we have that to share that within our workplace. So I love that though. I love a good challenge. Yeah,
1: no doubt. Yeah. No doubt.
0: So what does that look like, you know, for you in terms of making, you know, making him known like within the workplace?
1: Yeah. You know, I would, I would say two things. One is that, that I really, I, I pray daily, um, that I would live a life worthy of the calling because it allows mm-hmm. for conversations. You know, if I'm, if I'm not magnifying, uh, Christ, it, it, then I can't effectively make him known. So I need to be a great employee. I need to be a great boss. You know, I think of uh, Ephesians four one where, you know, Paul is reminding us to live a life worthy of the calling that we've received. You know, so uh, Don Hall one time asked me, Mike, if you were on trial for being a Christian, would there <laughs> be enough evidence to convict you? And, uh, and I thought, wow, is that good? You know, um, you know, is there enough evidence? You know, is, is the life that I'm living uh, not that I'm, Flawless or without mistake, but is the li- is the life that I'm living uh, one that that magnifies Christ in such a way that conversations can easily start s- as simply as just asking someone a question of how are you really doing? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think back to you know you would say you know you would kind of let in with this idea of making him known. You know, how does that work out? And and I can think of many instances where I've had the opportunity to share the gospel uh, with people where we've just done life together. Um, you know, and I had a Kristen and I had a, a business partner who was actually an, just a key employee at the time. He was a general manager of our commercial business uh, that we own, and uh, for ten years, I've been praying for him, and he was resistant to the gospel. And then, you know, it, it, it's a it's a, a long story, which in the, in in the length of, in time that we have in this podcast, I'll I'll resist the the 10 minute story for him, but I'll just to say this, that he did come to faith in Christ and I had a chance to, to pray with him and really see him growing in his walk with God. And, uh, not, but maybe a year, uh, six months later, um, he was diagnosed with cancer and passed away, uh, two years later. And I'm sure, I'm sure eternally grateful that God used, um, struggles, joys and relationship, uh to see jeff mitchell come to a, a saving faith in jesus and so our our departure from one another now is not forever and yeah. i'm really really thankful for that i have two other friends in the last you know last few months or so even through covid um who have come to faith in christ and we're doing operation timothy and have a great having a great time uh growing in their relationship with god even though they're not local um and so you know just living just living that out
0: yeah well, um, was um you talked about Jeff and you know you mentioned um you know CBMC has a top ten is that is that what you're referring to Was he kind of one oh of your go to yes. go to prayer people How does that what does that look like for you
1: <laughs> Yeah, it does. It's so fun. I don't know how many people listening uh, use a top ten or most wanted or call it what you want card to particular people that are that are there for you to pray for. But I do that and I pray for people um, who don't have currently have a relationship with the Lord uh, daily. And it's pretty neat to see slowly over time, God do great things. I pulled a card out the other day from 2008 and, uh, and this really, and, um, you know, I got it from CBMC, had it in my Bible for years. As I was getting time with God, I'd pray for these guys. And, um, of the, of the 10 guys that are on that list, five have received Jesus. And, um, and that was pretty neat to see. Right. And I, and not even all of them did I pray with, but, um, I, I, I'm, I'm certain um, that, that, uh, God who, who makes it very clear, um, that his, his mission statement, I believe it, as we see in scripture is to seek and save um, those who are lost. And so, uh, we get to see that really lived out.
0: Wow. That's, that's powerful to, to think that you're just, you know, praying about these guys and over time to see that come to fruition, you know, I do something similar where I just kind of keep track of answered prayers, you know, things that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of when there's closure on something and it's amazing to look back through that list over time and, and just see God's hand in those situations, um, whatever it may be. So it's, man, it's, uh, it's really cool, really powerful stuff. Well, um, as we, as we kind of start to, you know, land the plane or wrap up, um, you know, for you, you have this awesome vision, awesome calling, this great conversation and you have a lot to, a lot of experience and, you know, for you, what brings you the, what brings you the most joy in your day to day?
1: Oh, it doesn't take long to. To share that, our our kids, uh, you know, I, you know, 3 John uh, 1, verse 4 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Mm -hmm. And um, I, uh, it's actually emotional talking about. I uh, am so thankful, and Kristen is, we're both so grateful um, that our children have a living and active and vibrant relationship with God that's, getting shared with others around them because we know that generate for generations, um, things are, things are changed and the mm-hmm. gospel is shared. And, um, so that's, that I would say that that's, that's what brings me the most joy, uh, personally, uh, professionally, quite
0: frankly, I just love to see people win. Uh, that's a little, that's a little bit different. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Really cool. I mean, I could, I could relate to that as, uh, you know, I got three young boys and, um, already starting little, little inklings of, you know, seeing that already take, uh, take fruition. And as time goes awesome. on, I mean, I couldn't, I could, could imagine a, a greater joy than for Nancy and I to see that. So um, it's something to look forward to as they grow up. Um, no doubt. Well, I know you're a learner a reader. and you've made tons of recommendations to us, but maybe something you're reading now or a top recommendation.
1: Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm reading a few things now, but uh, two, <clears throat> that I'm enjoying a reread of the meaning of marriage. Um, mm. Tim Keller, uh, wrote that book. We're reading that again with Jack and Emma, uh, our, one of our son and our soon to be daughter-in-law. Okay. Uh, um, cool. they're getting ready to to be married this summer and we're rereading that together and discussing that with them. I'm also reading a really neat book that Ken Ham and Charles Ware put together called One Race, One Blood.
0: Mm. Oh, that's, um, sorry to go back to the first one that just to mm-hmm. show the power of the relationship that you're reading that with, you know, your son and, and soon to be daughter-in-law. Like the closeness of your relationship that you're going through a, a book, you know, the meaning of marriage with, with them. I mean, that says a lot right there. I mean, has it always been that transparent and open with, uh, with them and with soon to be daughter-in-law?
1: Yeah. I mean that, that goes back to, um, you know, probably a topic for another time, but, yeah. uh, some stages that we took our kids through and, 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 um, really neat celebrations of stages of life that started very young, Mm-hmm. where we discuss very openly what, what it means to, to grow up and challenges that you face and that, that, how that relates to relationship with the Lord. And so, yeah, we've had, we've had very open relationships with all of our kids. And, um and, you know, so, so we've really uh, enjoyed that. And yeah, this is a lot of fun. And Emma's, Emma's been, you know, around for a long time. Uh, they dated in high school, so we know her and she was part of a life group for years with us in high school. And so, yeah, it's a it's a lot of Chris and I are having a, a great time doing that. Plus it's a great way for us to 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 sharpen the saw too.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely I go we did a, a different study when we got married. Um and uh you know, I still have the, the books that we went through with our pastor and it's fun to go mm-hmm. back and, and look through some of those notes. The workbook was a very active uh, workshop and um it was, it's just fun. We we came across them when we moved not that long ago and it was it was just fun. How many kids are you gonna have and all the conversations that were fun at that stage? <laughs> Yeah, fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Very good. And um so I know you got that and then um so the meaning of marriage, one race, one blood, and then um any others that come to mind?
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh spiritually, I a little quick read that I, I, I read uh the other day uh was What is the Gospel by Greg Gilbert. Hmm. Um and then uh prior to that finished a book called Visioneering by Andy Stanley. He's got some great he's got some great stuff yeah. on leadership. Uh, that I've really enjoyed. And then, you know, from a profe- professional standpoint, um, I love Patrick Lencioni's stuff, um, mm-hmm. read the Motive here recently, and then am rereading Traction and Get a Grip by Gino Wickman, just on some strategic uh, ways to to structure a business to have both. I like Lencioni for, for organizational health and Gino Wickman for productivity um, work. So those are a couple. And then, you know, there's, there's things, those are, those are just a, some of the ones that poked around with on recently.
0: Love it. Yeah. EOS. We've been, been using that. It's been helpful yeah. in our business yeah. as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I like those. Those are, those are good guys. Awesome. Well, what about a um a, a verse, maybe one that's front and center or a, a life verse that you've had for a while? Do you have one?
1: Yeah. You know, for me, the very first verse I ever memorized when I became a believer uh, late in my junior year of high school, uh, 2 Corinthians five seventeen that says if anyone is a, in Christ, he is a new creation behold the old is gone and the new has come mm. and um and and i just am reminded of that every morning um, mm. sitting down with god getting some time with him praying getting the head on straight and really making sure he's my true north for the day and i'm reminded every day that not only is it a new day but we're we are new people in christ and so for me that's one that i i have always um always 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 um mm. kind of had front and center
0: love it that's good really good well Mike, well um If it's okay with you, we'll uh, when we post this uh, podcast to the website, we'll put your email and phone so guys can, or whoever can, you know, connect with you on there. I know that you're, you're okay with that. Sure. So uh, yeah, if anybody's out there that wants to connect with, you know, with Mike, uh, that's the place to go to check it out and connect with him. And I just appreciate you, you know, being, uh, you know, with, uh, I feel like I've been on the journey with you for, I don't know, a a while now. And I feel like you're one of those guys that for me just helps, you know, help stay sharp. You know, the essence of what we're doing, you know, back to when I met you, I think, when you were with CBMC till, till now. I just feel like, um, you know, you're you're present and you're always been generous with your time and always willing to help anyone that, um, you know, that, that is in need. So I just appreciate you and thank you and um, yeah, appreciate you being one of those ISI guys.
1: Well, appreciate that back at you. That's it. I could have said as much about you as you just said there. I'm grateful to be a part of it. Thanks for your encouragement, Nick.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mike, would you close us in a word of prayer?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Lord, thank you for your sovereignty. Um thanks for your grace that you sent Jesus so that we could have a right relationship with you, um to be the leader and forgiver of our life and God, I just pray um that today um we could be a, a part of magnifying you, um asking ourselves, you know, how, how are we connected to you today? Um, Lord, we don't want to magnify ourselves. We want to magnify you. And and would you help us uh, daily grow and being in being faithful in the moment, God? Would you help us to be present and personal? Would you help us to be connected and invested in others? Um, and God, really be sensitive to what it is you'd have for us today, um, Lord. And and as far as being making Him being a part of making Him known, God, would you would you allow us to be focused on the reality that you have. Put something before us that is really your plan, your mission to reach the world, and that's to reach people right where they are to help them become who God designed them to be and Lord I'm grateful um, that you allow us that opportunity i'm I'm surprised by it uh, because I know how fallible I am, and we all are, but yet God, you use us, and so I pray that we would love people and build relationships in such a way um, that we have that front and center at all times and how we work and how we play and and who we're with, um, God, that we would never lose sight of that. Thanks for Nick and and uh, the team at ISI and all they're doing to encourage people to live that ISI life. Um, Lord, we do know that um, man when when you iron sharpens iron, and there's heat required, and it makes sparks. And I'm so glad for these guys and their encouragement and to help us all uh, live the kind of life, Lord, that um, is worthy of your calling. And so, Lord, will we do that today? Will will we be burdened for what you're burdened for? And will we be excited about what you're excited about? Thanks for this time, Jesus. It's in your name we
0: pray. Amen. Amen. Man, it was like trying to drink from a fire hose. Um, Mike is just such a real guy and has just such amazing wisdom in, in many ways. I mean, as a parent, as a, as a business leader, and I just, I just want to share some of the takeaways. I took down some notes as we were talking and just some of the things I, that really stood out to me from, from our conversation where number one is that our vocation is not our calling. Um, our, you know, our calling is not our vocation. Our calling has got to be much bigger than that. And once we've established what that calling or what that purpose or what our why is, then we can apply it to whatever it is that we're doing in our vocation. You know, for Mike, it was um, as an entrepreneur and leader of the franchise sort of pro group and then into his role with the Rock, and then the CBMC and then now as chief operating officer Paul Davis. And he was living on his calling in all those roles uh, and as he learned how to Live out his purpose more intentionally. Uh, he even got better and better, and it was amazing to see so clearly how God had prepared him every step of the way. One thing led to the next. So just an amazing, amazing thing. Um, I, uh, the other thing that stood out to me is he talked about what is the next right, right choice or what is the hard thing to do, and I think that's that's awesome. Is hey, forget about you know the past, forget about anything other. Yeah, you know, right now, what's the what's the next right choice? That really stood out to me as a great. Mental set to make and to to pray about what is that next right choice in our life because we all have that one thing ahead of us that we're that we're deciding upon. So how can we do it in the right way and how can we choose the hard things as well? I also loved his approach to evangelism in the workplace. Um, you know, he's not the kind of guy. I can say this for example that he is not the kind of guy that's going to beat you over the head with. Uh, scripture or in his bible he's a very approachable guy and he almost just makes you want to know more and i think that's part of who he is but also he mentioned the tool permission permission-based evangelism which i'm definitely going to check out and learn more about because i think people want to see more about you and um, and as they want to know more that you kind of giving them that permission to, or they're giving you that permission to step into those kind of conversations. So i love that. And they talked about I mean, for me with the boys, uh, just some of the things raising, raising the boys and, has um, come up a couple times in prior conversations, but you know, raising a modern day night, the fact that, Hey, you know, I'm not an expert. I can't do it alone. Why would I expect to be an amazing dad, and, uh, go for Nancy and I'd be amazing parents not to do it alone, but to go after it with other people who are similar values and who have been ahead of us. So, um, very powerful nuggets. Uh, so I just want to, you know, thank Mike for this conversation and thank you all for listening. And just so you know, all of the show notes will be posted at the website at the ISI You can click on podcast; That's where we put all the show notes, all of the book recommendations Mike made, the different key scriptures that he referenced. And then there's more stuff on the site too. You can see when our upcoming events are uh, we have a, a mix of events in Cleveland and Nashville. We're launching ISI Women's. So there's some amazing ways to connect through that. We also are doing Stay Sharp Saturdays, the first Saturday of every month uh, from 730 to 830. So if you want to jump on and see what we're all about, that's a great way to get connected. And um, just thank you for being here. And if there's anything that we can do to make this podcast more helpful to you, please let us know. Uh, drop us a line and, and you know we're here to serve you. So until next time, stay sharp, everybody.